0: Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source.
1: Okay, good morning. This is Jay Levine, your host of the Antitrust Law Source. I am joined here uh, with Phil Rist, who is the Executive Vice President of Prosper Business Development. Uh, good morning. Good morning. So what advice would you give to companies, you know, here's a company, I have, I have some clients who sit on treasure troves of data, um, and they... M- Bemoan the fact that they don't think they're using it well or appropriately or to their competitive advantage. Correct. Um, you know, a what should they be doing, and b how do they how do they figure out you know whether they're using it right, and how do they figure out you know if there's a better way of doing it, and and because they can see that they're they're getting their rear ends kicked by others in the industry who right. must have better analytics or better, right. you know, capabilities. In many cases, they've already have invested tens of millions of
0: dollars mm-hmm. bringing in a high price consultant or a systems integrator, and, and they're not seeing the benefits that they were promised um, from the data investment. Right. And, and it, it's very simple. We say to them, that's because you basically, if, if, if we can do an analogy, if this was a home project... You hired someone to rearrange your closets, okay? You still have the same stuff in your okay. closet, okay? They've just made all put all the suits together. They put some racks in. They've reorganized the information that you already have, okay? Or in the analogy, the apparel you already have, right? They haven't given you any new information, okay? Okay. okay. So most where most companies um, get disappointed on big data initiatives is they, they start off inward-focused. In other words, they look at the data that they have inside their organization, which which is okay. But where that data comes to life is when you identify other external data sources mm-hmm. that can add context to it. Okay. And you match it up with a discussion with the senior executives on what their business objectives are. Sure. Okay? So maybe the retailer's business objective is not to open more stores, but to really understand the competitive threat that is this new non-store company, Amazon. Uh, so that may be their boardroom right. issue. They need to know, they need to understand the enemy and understand how many of their customers are trying them out, staying with them. Sure. So that that's the business issue that they're hoping the data will solve. Right. Then you identify, okay, what information you guys have, what can we bring in, From outside your organization, to you know, if this was a if this was a military exercise, is how you would plan a military operation. Okay, okay, you're you're pulling in all your intelligence, right? And you're going to put it in front
1: of the generals, right? So they can make strategic decisions, right? So you're you're okay. So you're helping them pull together and and discover. Other avenues of information and how they can marry together synergistically, right?
0: And then not as a one off, but then to say, okay, now we need to set up a system so we get the we get the data from the federal if, if let's say something from the Federal Reserve Bank that you need, we get that automatically and it's fed in, right? And we know the the math that we're going to multiply it times this and divide it by that, and we're going to create a indicator number, and we're going to have the machine. Our Internet of Things, which is right. the their computer, our computer, put a calculation up and deliver it to that executive smartwatch. Mm. Okay? okay, immediately. Right, and so it's so it's not it, it's not a consulting project we're doing. We're setting up an infrastructure. A, 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 yeah, a systematic way. If this is the information your people need to compete, right? Then we're gonna we're gonna pull the feeds together and we're gonna make it and we're gonna get it to them. Right. in
1: in as fast as time as it becomes available. Okay. So you're building the pipelines. You're building the thoroughways, and so that the dashboard, so to speak, on right. that CEO's computer, right, is getting the real time feeds. Is getting M- right.
0: Or the or he or a smartwatch gets a notification that says that one indicator that you that you love mm-hmm. has just been updated, and here it is. Right. Okay. You can look at it on your tablet, or on your smartphone. Right. So you don't have to go
1: to the computer, right? We deliver the analytic to to whatever medium. To, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, I mean, that's that I, makes for a smarter executive. It makes for a smarter executive. I mean, I'll tell you, I I, I, I have several clients in this position, but certainly one I'm thinking of where the it is analytics really powers a lot of their decisions on what to stock. Correct. On, you know, how to sell. And there are a lot of tangential companies in the industry that don't compete with them but have but sell other products right. that themselves, the, the information from the sales of those products can be used by my client right. to help them understand what they need to sell better. Right. Um, and figuring out either how to scrape that data so to speak you know, right. obviously in obviously a legal way or in licensing that data right. in a way that have can a data vary the have two. a
0: data partnership with the two companies exactly where they're they're trading some information right
1: and um, I, I, and from you know we've talked about this before offline but you know from from my perspective you know wearing my antitrust hat you know companies that start securing you know in the widget industry right if you if you start securing all of the data right that that revolves around sort of the inputs to the widget the sales of the widget the marketing you know and everything like that and you have all those data and analytics it 's going to be hard for any other widget company to compete with you, correct, because you may only ha- they may only have information on their own customers, right whereas you have information from all these disparate sources right. that you can marry together and just be a much more robust and intelligent company. correct. We like to feel that the
0: prosper clients are smarter. Business people, because right. of the intelligence we we, we bring. Together I'm sure they that. are, <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. You you have from an antitrust issue. You have, and, and I don't know if if the if the current laws are are in place to cover some of these <laughs> issues, because a lot of times the person that has the information is not necessarily the person who's selling the product or making the product. Right. Uh, you know you have Amazon for an example mm-hmm. they, they you know there's products you buy f- that they sell, but they also have a network of other sellers, exactly, but yet they have information
1: on all the transactions mm-hmm. that are coming through their marketplace, and it'd be very hard to compete against them when you don't have anywhere near that kind of Trove. Right,
0: and they and you've we've all experienced it where they recommend the Amazon recommendation engine will recommend things. To you, sure, where you you make a purchase on on, on an item, you know, and they say uh, you know others who have bought this item also looked at these things. Right, so they're actually you know maybe give, if it's a fashion thing, they're giving you some input on trends. Right, okay. Uh, I bought these shoes, and they, they bought other people that bought these shoes bought these socks. Right. Um, so there's the consumer, there's the shoe manufacturer, there's the sock manufacturer, but but, but Amazon's the one that has all the in- intelligence,
1: right? On what's happening. Interesting. Yeah. No, I so, mean that's it, it, it. You know, we're 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 going to come out with an article on on this, but it, I, I mean from a personal. Standpoint. I mean, I think the antitrust laws do cover it, but the but the analytical framework in which one needs to analyze these issues. Because you're right; it's it's not always direct competitors that have the sources of the information. Right. It could be the third company. And you know, if I was you know in whatever, if I was selling um, you know belts, and I I partnered with Amazon. That I got its feed, all of its data analytics that had to do with belts and nobody else, and I had an exclusive with them. Right. I'm going to have a leg up right. over any of my competitors, right. um, even though Amazon doesn't manufacture belts and doesn't do anything. Um, data is an input, right? Um, and um, now we've talked about this before. You have an interesting perspective. Data is, I mean, for me, from my perspective, data is a lot like IP. Yes. Okay. It is intellectual property that can be used um, anti competitively, pro competitively. It, it all depends. And it depends who owns the data. And part of the problem is, you know, at its fundamental core, Jay Levine owns his data. Right. But his data resides by someone else who aggregates it and sells it to others. And I don't make any money off of that. Correct. Um, so it's often like an IP asset. But not everybody recognizes it as the asset it is, right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, because, in many cases,
0: from an, an accounting standpoint, it's not uh, capitalized in any way. Uh, the data is a byproduct of the company's um, regular operations. Right. Okay. So they do their PL and they're selling, if it's the belt manufacturer example, they're selling what they do. They have their inventory of leather. And buckles, you know, mm-hmm. and rivets, and all the things that they're using to make the belt. Um, but they're they're learning, uh, they're gathering data on their customers and and transactions, and it's not on their balance sheet, right? Okay. So a, a CPA looks at it and looks at their assets, and they don't see it there, right? Uh, and but it may be that 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 data may be valuable when you add it to. The guy who makes the socks and the guy who makes the shoes, and then you you sh- you start sharing things, right? And all of a sudden, you develop some in- information that's useful to an industry or a category.
1: Right. Well, I, that, that brings up a question. I guess you know, in you know, when we talked about the when we talk about tech bubble, right? Right. So you got all these technology companies that don't have a lot of assets. Many don't even have a ton of revenue per se, but they right. have these 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 plans and they go for multiples and you know when when they're sold i I, I gotta believe the street takes the data into account when it's you know when it's coming up with a figure for a company you're right it can't be let's say collateralized by a bank or you know and the like but if you have this treasure trove of of data when you go to sell your company gotta believe others understand that and you're not you're not going to it's not going to be a multiple necessarily of your EBITDA you know per se it's going to be some premium on that and that premium represents the data that you've been able to accumulate
0: correct in a, in a merger and acquisition scenario but in the typical um, uh, dealing with your banker yeah and he wants to get, provide you a credit line based on your real estate or your machinery yeah and you say well that's you know that's not the value of our organization if they looked at our company yeah okay we got you know 15 laptops and <laughs> and we got some furniture right and we lease you know but yet we do significant revenue right and where's the revenue coming from Right. You know, they're, they're, they're licensing access to an intangible. Right. And so the financial, the, the, um, classic finance, the local bankers, um, need to get a better understanding, uh, because we are in an economy where, you know, and I didn't say this, I, and I don't know who said it, but I'm stealing it. Okay. Is that data is the new oil. Right. Okay. Um, And so they need to, uh, just as they learned about the oil business, you know, hundreds of years ago, and they hired geologists to try to figure how much was under the ground to make financial decisions. They need to uh, have some education and expertise in looking at the value of data assets that companies have. And also data liabilities, that companies have, yes. Because if you're a company that's collecting a lot of personally identifiable information, you better secure you're it. a hospital. <laughs> right. So you not only have the information on you or me, but health conditions and all those types of things.
1: Um, you better be protecting it. Right. Right. And I mean, so, I mean that's yes. we help clients obviously develop their policies and procedures to protect it and deal with the aftermath once it, if there has been, God forbid, a breach. Right. You know, dealing with the reporting obligations as well as the inevitable class actions that, that, that come. And, right. And those legal issues are working their way um, around. But, I mean, they're, they're just going to become ever m- more important. And, obviously, the, the, the insurance industry has, you know, blossomed around, you yes. know, you know, Cyber cybersecurity security and
0: all those types of things.
1: Right. I mean, and now I, I've seen what's coming up is insurance defense litigation as to whether the policies actually cover some of the breaches that are happening or, you know, just as in anything else, when you have a policy, the insurance company is obviously going to try to, f- you know. Not pay. Not pay, <laughs> exactly. And try to figure out where in the, in the, in the insurance policy the loophole exists such that they don't have to pay, him, and that gets a little bit, you know, squishier, if you will, right. when we deal with cybersecurity, just because cybersecurity itself is, as you put it, an intangible um, and the like. And and you know, we always tell clients: your 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 the problem with a breach isn't so much. You know the reporting obligations. It isn't so much that you're going to have to hire a forensic person to understand exactly what was breached, how, you know, or in putting a new or in paying, you know, Jay Levine and his folks um, to handle and to the litigation. It's the trust. Well, this has been really great um, and hopefully informative for everyone out there. Uh, please tune in to our concluding podcast in which we will discuss uh, data breaches and the uh, the implications and consequences of that. I am Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source. You can reach me at um, by email, the letter J-L-E-V-I-N-E, at porterwright.com, P-O-R-T-E-R-W-R-I-G-H-T. I'm on Twitter, at J-A-Y-L-L-E-V-I-N-E. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, Again, this has been Antitrust Law Source, and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, our next podcast.
0: Porter Wright Morrison-Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.